my dude, as he calls me. And this is Lamar Price, aka Deuce, aka Shug, aka Boogaloo Shrimp. Whatever my mom decides to call me that day, it might be heathen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't call them heathen too much. And we are here at your school. You're a student at Xavier University, of Louisiana. And I mean, I kind of mentioned earlier in you know some early video about what you do. But tell you know what's your major? What do you do? A little background about yourself. I am a junior biochemistry major, bioethics minor. Um, I play collegiate baseball in the NAIA conference. Your attention, please, now pitching for Xavier, number 28, Lamar Price. I also dabble in chess every now and then. Um, I'm a freelance photographer, primarily in sports and concerts, and whatever else sticks at the time. I do research on campus um, in the chemistry department, and whatever comes up, I usually don't say no to a lot of things. So. He says no to a lot of things. I don't know why he's telling no to He says no to a lot. But one of the things that I want to ask you that's going to be an ongoing question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Career-wise, I would like to be a disease researcher. Um, they can go under a medical scientist or a pathologist. I honestly just want to do research on a daily basis. Uh, I really don't have anything that's really sticking out to me. I've done cancer research primarily, but it doesn't have to be that. I just want to be somewhere where I can do what I want to do in terms of pursuing like medical research, making a difference, also being happy in the space that I'm working in. Um, the location really is a big one, but also the people I work with. And I also just want to, I want to be able to travel. I want to have the freedom to travel for work and all the other things. So kind of whatever's sticking right now is primarily just research and the, kind of the freedom to choose what I do. So because you're my son, and this podcast is called Unsolicited Advice from a Mom, I want you to think of a couple pieces of advice or things that I've told you that have really stuck that you feel like it made a considerable difference in what you want to do and how you approach life. Can you think of anything? I, I probably the bigger two are to be consistent with yourself um, and take time, take time to do things that you want to do. Uh, when I was younger, my mom stopped working. She, I said she she quit her job um, because she realized that we weren't spending nearly as much time as we were. And for me, I didn't necessarily notice, but it's stuff like that, where it's like you make time for the things that you want to do. Um, and I have those issues sometimes. I get caught up with doing schoolwork or practice and everything else, and I don't go out and experience stuff that I want to do. Um, so probably the bigger advice is to find time for the things that you want to do. And just be consistent. That's with people. That's with routines. That's with anything that you want to do. Um, it's very hard to get good at something if you only do it once. So that was probably the big two. She told me too many things. I'm your mom, and I've been your mom for a whopping 20 years. You get know. Oh, you a hater. I love you too. Right. Great. So one of the things that I told you that I want to ask you about um, is 
we, I'm not going to say we have a, a unique relationship. We probably do. But one of the things that I think is unique to our relationship is I have one child. You are an only child for me. But I am very close with a lot of your peers. I always have been really close with a lot of your peers, your friends. Sometimes you even say that I get close with some people that are your peers before you even really get close to them, thus helping you to create new friends. Um, what's that like? Because that's not for everybody. Some people are like, why are you talking to my mom? Go away. But you seem to not have a huge issue with it. So does it bother you? Are you cool with it? Are you just used to it? I'm used to it. I don't care, really. You got to get used to your mom talking to everybody. She talks much more than I do at all times. Um, so you kind of get used to her, like, talking to your friends of yours, talking to other people. If there are certain people in the area, area, she'll probably speak to them at some point. Um, so you kind of get used to that, uh, that little bit. So just the older I've gotten, the more people she interacts with, the more things just kind of stick at once. Um, and does it bother you that you even have friends that call me Ma and stuff at this point? No, because it's easier to tell stories when it's just Ma. Like you don't have to say Miss Erica or Miss Cheatham or anything else. It's like if you say Mom or my Dukes, it's like they tend to understand that you're talking about your mom, not theirs or somebody else. It's like everybody calls you Mom. It makes it easier on me. It's like I call my I call Ma today. It's like oh how's she doing? It's like I don't have to specify who I'm talking about. Great, wonderful time. It's a good time. So it doesn't it's it's not a big deal. You're just used to it now. Yep, fewer words by me, less actions by me. A lot of people get to pick up the slack somewhere. <laughs> Should be tripping sometimes. I also give your friends a lot of advice, especially like we're, we're currently on your college campus. When I've come to your college campus to visit, at this point, you're three years in, um, I've had a, a lot of instances where I come in and I sit and I talk and your friends give me all of their stories, ask me lots of questions and that kind of thing. Does any of that come back to you later when I'm gone? Yes, but I mean, not even like a they're gossiping type of thing, but is it ever like, oh my God, your mom said something to me and it was terrible? No, it's usually a, it, what she said made sense, but I don't know if I'm going to listen. But they usually like at least heard what she said. It was just like, I don't know if I'm ready to do that or, oh, I talked to your mom about the situation, whatever, whatever. And for me, it's just like, all right, there's just another person who knows. It was like, so I don't have to catch her up. Like if she knows, then that means I can talk to her about it. Like it makes it makes it makes discussing things a lot easier because they've already done half the work of talking to her and getting her perspective on it, um, and it also usually helps reiterate my point because we usually say the same thing. Because <laughs> I've taught you well. Don't get too vain. To the point where you're giving your friends the advice that I would give you. Only so much vanity on your podcast. So, um, something else that I want to talk to you about, uh, especially because I know that it's going to come up later, is that I. I was always encouraged that I needed to go away for college. And in turn, I always tell you, I always used to tell you, you need to go away to college. What is that like, being away? It's exciting, it's worrying, it's weird. All of the adjectives, um, because you, you, you drop yourself off in a whole new environment. Um, my parents have moved me in my freshman year, but it was peak COVID, so it was kind of weird. And then after that, it's been me kind of packing up my room and driving to and from Detroit and everything else. And you kind of figure it out. You don't learn any faster than somebody who stayed closer to home. Um, like people for me went to Ohio or 
other parts of Michigan. But in terms of like when there's a crisis, there isn't as much of a, oh, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to buy a flight. It's one of those where it's like, nah, ma, like I'm going to figure it out because it's easier for me to figure it out than to go home and or to call and figure something out. Um, so, I mean, you don't grow up any faster than anybody who stayed home. Right. But you put yourself in a situation where you learn things sooner than other people do. Um, so for better or for worse. Would you, would you, if you were to go back to 17-year-old you, you're a senior in high school, you're sorting out your choices, would you have told yourself, go to Louisiana? Or would you have told yourself, stay in Michigan, or stay closer? There's no situation where I would have stayed in Michigan. Um, okay. Would you have gone, would you have gone to school closer to home? If money was right. I mean, part of why I ended up here was money was better here than it was anywhere else. Right. Um, I can't argue with money. Uh, that's kind of hard. So it was easier to come to New Orleans. Would I go somewhere else? Possibly. Um, let's say if money wasn't a factor, then I was really considering that Australia move. Um, she was not happy about that. But, I mean, you only live once, I guess, is the cliche. Mm-hmm. But there's no fault. I mean, I went 16 hours away, and I was almost about to get on an 18-hour flight and go away. So I wouldn't change anything. Um, I wish money wasn't a factor. A lot of things would kind of move a little different. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, at least city-wise. Okay. School will be schooling sometimes, but, I mean, that's part of living. Part of living. I know at the very least I can go back home after I graduate. Like, worst-case scenario, I go back to Michigan and stay there. Do you plan on coming back to Michigan? And put a pin in it. Probably not. But we'll, we'll, we'll never say never. Okay. I also know, and I love you, and I know that going to the Philippines in high school was a huge, gave you a huge bite of the travel book. So besides going back to the Philippines, where else do you want to travel to? See, I say I'll show you, but bugs are kind of a weird one. I don't like spiders in a way. Like, I don't need a spider that's that big. But I would go to Australia just to see, like, all the different, like, um, natural natural everything, water, the uh, forest, all that other good stuff. Um, I, would, I don't know. Anywhere, anywhere, honestly, that's covered or it's not super expensive. Um, but primarily, like, non-Europe, non-European places okay. for me. Um, Asia, Africa. Asia, Africa. Kind of all the countries in C- between. Central America, South America. Like any anywhere where it's like, I won't say melanated people, but that's kind of like anywhere where there's brown or black people is good enough for me. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you always hear about European stuff growing up and, oh, I went to Paris or I went to London or something like that. I was like, that's cool. I'm, a, I'm sure I'm going to go at some point, but it's not a bucket list thing for me. Okay. It's like, I mean, at, at some point, those trips end up being kind of reasonably priced anyway. So it's like, I'd rather figure that out. It's like, oh, on a random, I'm going to go to London for a couple of days, sure, Paris. But that's not, I don't know. That's not where I find the fun travel. Okay. Because you don't, you, I go to the Philippines, you don't see things in Davao City, but you see everything that there is to see in Amsterdam. Like, they always post different things about, oh, I went to Europe and had a great time. That's not for me. Your journey to play in college baseball was very different, but also to even back up a little bit prior to uh, just because I kind of asked for some, some topics that people wanted me to cover, and I knew that one of these was something that you could speak to exactly, because it's a thing that I 
was very focused on when you were growing up is your participation in sports and extracurricular activities. So you kind of, as long as you can probably remember, have always been involved in some type of extracurricular activity. Do you think that your college experience would be different if you didn't, if you were not playing college ball? First thing I've asked you. Uh, for sure. I mean, that's a that's a time commitment. It's not necessarily as grand or whatever as like your bigger programs, I guess you could say, like University of Michigan and Ohio State and all like the big schools that everyone knows. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't change the time commitment. That doesn't change the ebbs and flows of it. Right. Um, especially being a first year program when I got here, um, we've kind of had to adapt every semester, let alone every year. Um, so for sure, my college experience would be different just because of the time, the way I've had to learn, the people I'd interact with for sure. Like most of, most of my closest friends I've met from baseball, whether it was their teammates of mine or I met them through teammates. Like I, a lot more of what I had to do would be strictly like based on my major and taking pictures, mm -hmm. let alone the fact that, oh, I find out you play baseball later, but like neither one of us still play. Like that'd be a really weird, it's, it's weird to tell somebody you play baseball like in high school, like, cause that's cool, but it's also like, I mean, why are we talking about high school? Like, leave that, leave that where it's at. Um, Especially so, as a junior in college, yeah, it's a little bit weird to be like, yeah, back back in my day, back four years ago, when I was, yeah, see, yeah, no. So my experience would definitely be different. Um, okay. I don't know if I'd trade it. I would like to just, I would love to see at some point, and it, it can never happen. But like, what 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 would happen if I didn't play college baseball? Right. But. I mean, my journey is my journey. I'm, I'm here. Mm -hmm. At the rate I'm going, I'll be playing four years of college baseball and look back and be like, where did time go? Um, but, I mean, it's, it's still fun. I still enjoy the process. Um, different positions and all. But, I mean, it's a it's a grind. I mean, it's it's the cliches. It's, it's all of the things. But also your major is a atypical major for a college athlete. Yeah. You have a major that has a lot of a lot of commitment to your major, and you play a sport that has a lot of commitment to the sport, and you're very committed to your hobby. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> fair. It's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, you you agree. I mean, a hobby like I enjoy taking pictures. I don't get paid. I I, I would love to say I got paid. I don't get paid. But I enjoy what I do because it's something else to say that, like, I can work at. To clear that up, though, it's that you don't get paid currently by the athletics department on campus, although you cover a lot of sports on campus. But you have been paid for your photos of athletes and things in the past. It's, it's a thing that, that you do get paid periodically, but you take pictures for the fun of it much more often than you get paid to do it. Yes, I've been paid very few times in comparison to how often I take pictures. Right. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. I wouldn't do it if I wasn't um, friends and everything else with people on the athletic teams and everything else. Um, and I, I just enjoy sports. I've always loved sports. Um, and having a camera in your hand can get you in the door to some big things. Because so. let's talk about a couple amazing experiences that you had last year because of the camera. What did you do last year? I, what I've done Essence Fest. I did the Millennium Tour. 
I did the Kellogg's Celebrity Game. I did the Slam Dunk Contest, the three-point contest. I did quite a bit of stuff. Who was featured in the Kellogg's Celebrity Game? Uh, Shaq and Drew Brees were the captains. Uh, Spice Adams was there. Um, and then someone that was drafted in the WNBA was in the... Ryan Howard was at the uh, NCAA Slam Dunk and three-point contest. That was fun. Uh, it was exciting. It was a bit of a process watching ESPN conduct everything because those commercial breaks were very long for the people who were actually in attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was all part of like a learning experience, but I mean, like I'm committed to it because I enjoy doing it. Right. Um, especially now, I'm at an age where it's like I can I can commit to things because I want to, not because I have to. So once upon a time, you had to commit to the things because your mother said so. Always. You didn't love me. I did love you. But I always told you there was a method to what you felt like was madness. I always talked to you about the fact that I wanted for you to have an athletic outlet for when you were frustrated, stressed, overwhelmed, whatever. I wanted for you to be able to go run or pick up heavy things and put them down or whatever, but I wanted you to be able to physically be able to let off steam. And I told you that. And I also told you I always wanted you to have a creative way to escape and let off steam. And my body hurts with both, so don't listen to your parents. (laughs) Are you genuinely telling people don't listen to your parents? Is that what you mean, or are you joking? Find out next time. (laughs) Oh, so there will be a part two. You just committed to it. Besides... Besides some of the things that we covered, is there anything that you would say that you are, like, tell me one good thing about your childhood, like one, like, great memory? That's a lot of pressure. I'm just trying to think of something. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get you to say nice things, because you just kind of bashed me and told the people that I was making you a slave, so. And don't forget it. Um, I don't know. All getting edited. Crazy. She don't love me for real, y'all. <laughs> so, can you think of a positive memory from your childhood? There were a lot of positives, I would say that. Um, so I was a pretty cool mom. Not too much. Probably, I don't know. The, the ALCS in 2012 was a good time. I won't say the World Series, but I got really sad. But the American League Championship Series for baseball in 2012 was a great time. Okay. Um, Tigers clinched. Uh, I was at the game, so that was a great time. Uh, I got to go on the field while they were celebrating and the trophies were out and everything else. And as a nine-year-old, just excited and loving baseball and the hometown team and everything else, it was great. I was very excited um, just to be there, let alone the fact that we were winning. Um, I will also say it's amazing because a couple years later, you actually got a chance to play on that exact same field. I did. I didn't get paid then either. (laughs) But he got a Financial security is important. I will say, but let me hype up my child for just a little bit before we wrap this up. And I just want to say that you are incredibly financially responsible. And I think that that's awesome. And that is something that whether it's me and you talking about or whether 
I find somebody else to talk about it, but your financial acumen is incredible. I know that we had the stockpile account so that you were able to start a, a good savings account. I checked it the other day and you still have a lot of money in it. It's very considerable compared to what it could have been or the fact that it could have been nothing. Um, and so when you were 13, 14 years old, we started a stockpile account and you got a chance to trade stocks yourself with the money that was in that account um, and make a and you got a chance to make a considerable amount and set it up so that it reinvests whenever there's dividends paid out. Uh, but also you are very financially responsible. There's a savings account. You're talking about making sure that, you know, you save up money and you don't, you, you have scholarship money and stipend money that you get through the programs that you're in. And instead of burning through that money, you're trying to make financial decisions to set yourself up for the future. And as somebody that can vividly remember tuition refund checks coming in, and just going out and, you know, going out to a nice restaurant, making sure you fill up your gas tank, making sure you buy a fresh outfit. But I will say that I am honored and proud to have a son that does not go out and do all of those things. You actually save much, much more than you just blow money. When you were here on campus doing medical research for the summer, then you would only go out to eat on the weekends and you just saved money and there was already a meal plan in the calf. So he ate in the calf Monday through Friday, but he would take himself out for brunch or something like that on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and I feel like most college students, especially in a place like New Orleans that is known for its great food, would be trying to blow through all the fancy restaurants and everything else when they got a little bit of money every month. So I commend you. That's awesome. Good job, kid. I love you. You're pretty cool. Yay. You must never part. (laughs) So, I'm going to let him go and study because he's still a college student and uh, we got to get that degree. Woo-hoo. He's Her hair is messed up. Because he did it. <laughs>